You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. I love videos like that, those opening videos, especially that one, because it just says it all, that we are so thankful to God for the blessings that he gives to us. And it's easy to thank him in the, in the good times. It's, it's difficult to thank him when things are going rough, but ultimately that's what faith is for. That's where faith comes in and thanks God and, and allows us and gives us the ability to thank God um, even in the difficult times. Uh, so the next few weeks we're going to be talking about that thing called thanksgiving or not the event, not the food, not the turkey, not the stuffing. But that attitude that we have, you know, it's the attitude of only one person, Angela, you're it. You're speaking for the group. That's awesome. The attitude of gratitude, yeah. Um, Before we do so, though, one of the reasons that we can even gather publicly uh, is because men and women who have protected us, who who have chosen a career path. Um, more so chosen a calling or followed a calling to serve our country. And um, today is Veterans Day. I don't know if you knew that. We celebrated actually on Monday, but today is the actual day. Today is the 100th anniversary of the, quote, the starting of what would eventually be called Veterans Day in 1954. 1918 is when the signing uh, of a treaty that ended World War I to end the war, the war that ended all wars kind of thing. Um, and so that because of that treaty today, it was signed in November uh, 11th, uh, 1918. And so we are celebrating 100 years of, of this an amazing event, and we remember it every year on Veterans Day. Um, but I want to remember those of you here in the audience in our, in, our, in our room that our veterans have served or are currently serving. So if you are in the military, whatever branch you're, you're in, um, whatever uh, uh, level or rank you're, you are, if you are a, a veteran um, and uh, are currently serving in the military, I want to have you stand because we want to say thank you to you. So anybody want to stand? Okay, there you go. They... Awesome. Thank you. Just the, fact, just the fact that it took you forever to stand up shows that you're in the military because you, you, that's kind of the training. You're, you're, you know, you, you're, you're not out there for yourself. Um, and so we thank you so much uh, as veterans because we have freedom in our country and you continue to keep us free uh, and, and uh, enjoy the liberty. So thank you, thank you. Um, so we are talking about thankfulness uh, again um, and this thing about thankfulness is very interesting. Some of us are really good at it. Some of us, natu- it comes naturally. Uh, I would submit that for most of us, being thankful, we have to be taught how to be thankful. Remember growing up? Remember when you were a kid? Pro- probably not this age, but if you ever seen a, a, a child uh, pray, start to learn to say thank you, like at about... 18 months, you know, or maybe even earlier, you know, what does the mom say? You know, somebody gives them something and they say, what do we say? Say thank you, right? That's what we do. And then the kid is so cute. It's like, hey, yeah. 
right? That's what they do. And then as they get older, they say, thank you, it's really cute. And then in the evening, we, we go, okay, we're going to say our prayers, and here's the easy way to, to say prayers in the evening. We're going to just start thanking Jesus, thanking God for all the blessings. And then, you know, your kid is so cute, they're doing these little prayers, right? And it's just so cute, you don't understand half of them. And then as they get older, the prayers get a little longer and longer, and they start thanking God for everything. Thank you for the blade of grass. Thank you for this air. Thank you for that light. Thank you for my pony on the shelf over there. Thank you for my underwear. Thank you for, and, and right? And it's so adorable, but it gets so maddening, doesn't it? And, and, when, and, then, and then even when it gets a little bit bigger and you get bigger and, and your parents, you know, are teaching you how to say thank you, you know, you're, now you're supposed to say thank you when you receive something. I remember this very distinctly. Um, I was about seven and uh, we went to, I, I wanted a skateboard, okay? like a real skateboard. And I said, Dad, I, I want a skateboard. And he says, well, I don't have to buy you one. I'll just, what? Build you one, Right. So my dad goes into his garage, takes a, literally a two-by-four, cuts it about the size, takes, true story, roller skates, takes the wheels off, screws them in, and says, here, son, here's your brand new skateboard. Thanks, dad, right? So who's the higher-up authority than my father? My grandparents. So I write to them, and we knew we were going to go to, to Loveland, Colorado, where they live, and we were going to go there for Christmas that year. So I write to them. I said, Grandpa and Grandma, I would just love to have a, a, a new skateboard with the Cadillac wheels. Remember those? Those big, fat things? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, and so wrote to them, and we get there, and I look under the tree, and there's a box about this long, you know, and, and it was just perfectly fat. I just was drooling the whole time we were opening presents. And I go, and it's my turn, and I open up this box, and I'm just waiting to see my no, new uh, Tony Alva skateboard with the big Cadillac wheels. And instead, it's this. That's not me. That's not me. But I remember, this is what it looked like. My grandparents got me an ugly Christmas sweater instead that she made with glue stick, I think. I couldn't believe it. I was so, and so my mom goes, oh, look, Todd, a sweater. And I'm like, I didn't say anything. And she goes, what do you say? Right? That's what we're supposed to say as parents. And I said, it's ugly. <laughs> and my grandma basically starts crying. I felt bad, but I felt worse that I didn't get my skateboard. Um, and so, and, and I, was, I was, no, say thank you. No, it's ugly, Mom, it's ugly. And at the very end, I just ended up storming out of the room, and I looked over my shoulder, and I said, thanks for nothing. Oh, yeah, my, I'm still not sitting down after that. I wasn't thankful because I didn't put any value into a gift that was given to me by my grandparents. Because isn't it true, and this is a truth, isn't it true that the level of value you place on something correlates with the level of gratitude we have for it. The level of value we put onto something correlates with the level of gratitude we have for it. So, for instance, if somebody offered me season tickets to the Vikings, for me, that would be very valuable and I'd be super thankful. If somebody offered me tickets to the Packers, I'd, I'd be thankful, but not to, the not to the higher value of, for me, the Vikings. See how I didn't make a joke about how bad the Packers are? Just kidding. 
I got to stop that. Anyway, but you get the point. When you and I are thankful, we, we respond. Thankfulness isn't gratitude until you respond, okay? So, so thankfulness, um, we are asked to respond. Thankfulness finds its fulfillment in responsiveness. That's what praising is about. When we gather here, we're not just sitting here and singing songs. It comes deeper than that because we're realizing the gift and the blessing that God has given to us in, in terms of eternal life and peace and joy. And so we're thanking Him as a response, which ultimately turns it into gratitude. It's kind of like the same thing with knowledge and wisdom, right? Knowledge is knowledge, but until you actually act on the knowledge, then it becomes wisdom. I could read all about fixing a motor of a car, but until I get under the hood, I, I, I just have book knowledge. We, want, we, want, we should strive for wisdom, not just knowledge. We should strive for being thankful or grateful, not just being thankful. The other aspect about gratefulness is that um, being grateful and, and thankful is actually good for your health. I, didn't, I don't know if you knew this, but people who consistently practice being thankful and grateful and responding and saying thank you all the time, statistically, stats say, as, as they do the studies, that those people are at more at peace, they have better relationships, and they're actually smarter. I don't know where that one came in, but that's one of the studies, that, that it affects you physically, emotionally, and um, it, it, it changes your physiology. I've even heard it said that gratitude is the most powerful emotion, even over and above love. Some studies show that positive emotion of gratitude actually overrides fear, and that fear and gratitude can't coexist. They can't coexist. That's why people who are consistently being thankful are people that are attractive to us. We want to be around people who are living a gracious and thankful life. The deepest thank comes when you realize that the gift that you have been given fulfills your deepest need. But here's the question then. If being grateful and being thankful is so powerful, if, you, if, if saying thankful can change your health and well-being, why don't we always do it? Why aren't we always living gratefully or thankfully? Or better yet, why don't my kids practice it? Or my spouse or my boss? Why is it that most of us forget to be thankful? Well, I'm glad that we're not the only ones uh, that have struggled with this or thought about this because way back 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking around, there was a group of people who, um, who, who didn't exercise that, that idea of being thankful and grateful. And it's the story of the 10 lepers. And if you've been around church, you know this story fairly well. We're going to walk back through it. Uh, but I want you to get yourself in the mind of being a leper. Now, uh, for, we don't really use that word today. But back then, leprosy was actually a disease that only a few, a small percentage of people had. However, if you were in that culture, if you had a skin rash or an irritation, you would be cast out into a leper group or a lep leper colony, which then you would contract leprosy because you were around the people with the disease. So if I had... Um, uh, some roseola or whatever, that, that's a skin disease or something that's visibly um, a skin irritant, you'd go to the priest, the priest would, would 
determine that you were a leper and you would go out into this colony and you were ostracized. You'd live out in the country all by yourself, probably never see your family again up close. Um, so here's how these people are living all by themselves. And here's the story. Um, it's in Luke 17, starting at verse 11. And again, if you have the, the church app, you can go on there um, to kind of follow along. So here's the story. As Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he was entering a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now what they were, by law, they weren't supposed to say this. What they were supposed to say was, um, they, they were supposed to say, unclean, unclean, so that anybody else were protected from being around these people. Can you imagine the, the loneliness of being deemed unclean and that you have to say it to people? But they, did, they knew who, they recognized Jesus. They didn't, they broke the law here by saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go and show yourself to the priests. Because remember, originally the priests are the ones who determine you're, you're, you're unclean. The priests then are the ones that would determine that you are clean if you're healed. Go yourselves to the priest, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. That's gratefulness. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet thanking him for what he had done. And Luke makes a really strong point. That man was a Samaritan who is a, not a friend of the Jews. These people were like oil and water, Samaritans and Jewish people. They did not like each other at all. They would go miles out of their way to go around the little villages and cities that were either deemed Jewish communities or Samaritan communities. They did not like them at all. But yet this man, the one out of the ten, a Samaritan, an enemy, a, a hater of the Jews, comes to Jesus to say thank you. He realized he was healed. He went from nothing to something. He could now go back to his family he probably hadn't seen in months or years. He could begin be with his friends again. He could enter back into, into business, into the, the church again, into the community, whatever it was. And once he realized the depth of his not being physically he, or of him being physically healed, he turned around and went right back to Jesus. And so what did Jesus do? Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? See? And that's actually kind of a derogatory term that Jesus used, uh, this foreigner. Um, and Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now, I don't, know, I don't know about you if you know this story. I try and get my mind into the mind of the other nine, right? I, I think we give the, the other nine kind of a bad rap. But why, why do you think that other nine didn't come and thank Jesus as well? I mean, maybe they saw their family on the road as they're heading back, and they just couldn't contain themselves, and they ran, kind of like, you know, reunions from when the military are coming um, off of, uh, on the leave, and they see their families in the airport, and they just kind of run toward each other. Maybe it was that. Or maybe they were so overjoyed to be back in their communities, or maybe they did come back. Or maybe they met, and they, it was just later on. We don't know. But most likely, their first thing was to go do what religion said. And go where? To the priests. 
They wanted to do the religious thing. They wanted or thought that they put, would put religion ahead of a relationship with Jesus. So the point is this. Too often, when we think of the blessings that we receive, we think more of the blessing and less of the blesser. That's often how it goes with us. The deepest thanks, thanks comes when you realize that the gift that you have been given fills your deepest need. And so we intentionally think not of the blessing, yes, but more so of the blesser, who is Jesus. Now, for some of you, you've experienced the kind of healing that the leper did. You've actually been healed of some sort of disease, and it's and it, and it just unimaginable, a, a miracle. Um, Steve Hamill in our, in our guys group yesterday shared about a friend who uh, had cancer and now is completely cancer-free. And for whatever reason, God healed, that, healed him of that cancer. Praise God. For others, there were relationships. You, you've had relationships restored in crazy, amazing ways. For all of us, this story really helps us remember where we were in terms of our spiritual situation before God, because we were all kind of sick and dead in sin. That's what the Bible says, a separation from God. But because of God's crazy grace and His love, that's where Jesus comes in. And he died for us and paid the price for us. And then, so from that, like I said at the beginning, from that is when we stand up and we praise God and we worship him. And I love this psalm. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Well, what are those benefits? Freedom from guilt? Freedom from shame? Knowing that you are part of a family? Not having to do life by yourself? And then... When you die, there is life, not death, that you have an eternal home in heaven. Here at church, we've had several funerals, um, just all crammed within the last couple of, of weeks. We have another one this coming Saturday. And all of them are believers, and we know that they're in our future and not in our past, all because of what Jesus did. That's the blessing. That's why we aren't just thankful to God but we, are, we have that attitude of gratitude toward him. And in our brokenness, Jesus comes in and makes us whole. So, again, how can you respond with thanksgiving? How can you turn just thanksgiving in your life to being grateful in terms of response? The, the easy answer is, well, just don't be like the other nine lepers. Be like the one leper, like that one over there, kind of in the corner. Anybody notice that? No, not over there on the screen. <laughs> Everyone's like, what's at the door? No. Be like the one to come back. That's kind of the easy answer from the Bible verse. But maybe it's something more than that. Maybe over these next couple of weeks as we lead into Thanksgiving, it's to say to God, thanks for nothing. Thanks for bringing me from the nothingness of my sin to the everythingness of heaven and a relationship with you. Because that's the ultimate what of thanksgiving that we, that we worship in, in worship, that God has given us life and has not left us dead. So final question, for whom are you thankful? For what are you thankful? When you count your blessings, what do those look like?
What groups of people maybe are you thankful for? I'll tell you my two right off the bat. First was, again, I've mentioned about eight times this morning, was our gathering yesterday of guys, you know, here in this church. New relationships formed, guys that aren't part of our church were here, and just the, the wonderful conversations that we had about um, 11 things to teach your, our sons. Um, just that gathering for me was so rich yesterday and fulfilling. But the second thing that I'm really, really thankful for is our church, and I hope you are too. Uh, this church, I've served many churches and many different ministries, and this one is so unique and so powerful in, in what we do. We're getting synced up again with, a, with who we're supposed to be by bringing in the church doctor ministry and, and having them give us a little bit of guidance. In fact, inside your bulletin is um, what we call church doctor thank you recommendations front to back. There's actually more of them. I just couldn't fit them on the, on the, the sheet. Um, after the consulting process, they came in and they gave us a whole bunch of recommendations uh, that are actionable that we're working on. But we had to sift through all of these thank you recommendations. I mean, things like, we thank you that, uh, we recommend you continually thank God for his blessings at Trinity, that you continually thank God for Vacation Bible School, for Extreme Kids, for Youth Ministry, for all the small group Bible studies and the, uh, the, um, the, the smaller groups that meet to serve, uh, the great job that the youth did at, at presenting it during youth worship, for the worship service at both campuses, for the, all the giving options that we have now at church. We recommend that you thank God for multiplying the ministry through a podcast, and then our West Campus is actually on cable uh, every week. We recommend that you thank God for the great staff, for the pastoral staff, for the different gifts everybody brings. We recommend for the great tagline, reaching the world for Jesus one life at a time. We recommend that you thank God for our trailblazers ministry. We recommend that you thank God for our quilting ministry, for your youth ministry, for Trinity Academy, for We Do Feet, for the choirs, for the worship teams, and it just goes on and on and on. I was, I was kind of going, yeah, we have an awesome church, and I know you believe that too. And the reason it's awesome is because whenever there's a need, we're here. We help, we set up, we put hands to the wheel. Because we want to show thanks to God for creating a place like this over 100 plus years ago, a ministry called Trinity Lutheran Church. Part of that thank and part of the reason we're able to do all of these things in here is because of your prayers. I mean, I know that every single week, pretty much every single day, there's a group praying for a certain ministry um, there's groups praying for our, our ministry on Sunday mornings, for our Bible studies. We bathe everything and continue to try to bathe everything in prayer. The other reason we can do all these things that ultimately leads to life change in, in people is because of our fin financial giving. You guys are generous. If there's a specific need, boy, it's amazing how quickly that need is taken care of. And all, I mean, things like our West Campus, um, <laughs> West Campus during worship, uh, it was during the rainstorm a couple of months ago, and literally dripping on a couple of ladies was the water coming through the roof because some of the tile up there had dislodged. And sure enough, somebody just kind of came in and, and at, we, we paid for the cost, but they donated all the labor and all the time it took to get that, that thing. We've been, we've been um, fundraising for a stove for our Pine Ridge uh, Indian Reservation. You know, that money is coming in. We're generous. You guys are generous people. And I thank you for that because lives are changed through your prayers and through your generosity. 
There's a kid in our academy, younger kid, comes up to the teachers and says, my mommy and daddy, they don't believe in Jesus, but I do because of school. I mean, man, that's what this is about. And so the big old thank you for today is obviously the thank you to God for doing what he did um, for you and for me. But also, I guess maybe it's a personal thank you, thank you from me to say thanks for creating this place and for staying with this place and constantly supporting in prayer and hands and financially. Because if it wasn't for all of us together, um, you know, how many lives wouldn't have been changed through our ministry? It's a good place. I'm proud of our church. I'm proud of you. And we continue to reach the world for Jesus one life at a time. And we'll continue to do so. Um, one last word. As you're thinking about um, Thanksgiving and who you want to thank, again, step back and realize that even your ability to think positively to thank someone is a gift to you from Jesus. Don't spoil that gift. Say it often. Live your life generously. And as this statement was, thankfulness finds its fulfillment in responsiveness. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to pray. Lord, it is through this ministry that you um, moved some men and women early, early on, uh, over 100 plus years ago, to begin uh, in Hudson to minister to church people originally, but ultimately to expand out and to minister to people who, don't, who didn't know you, but now do, simply because of the ministry here. So thank you, God, for our church and all the different ministries that are, whose single focus is to serve you and to make disciples. Father, ultimately, we thank you for the gift of love and grace and peace that you give to us through Jesus, because ultimately, that is the gift, God. Your son, Jesus, is the gift to the entire world. Help us not to squander our thanks, Father, but just to be grateful uh, and show our gratitude to you by praising you and serving you. God, thank you for this place again, and thank you for everything that you give to us. Thank you for our veterans and the freedoms, again, that they uh, protect so that we can live in a country that's amazing and has never been anything like it in the, the entire world. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of us said together, amen. amen.